Ja. It's fucking ja. It's fucking ja. Excited. I'm excited. Me too. Daniel, are you worried or excited? I'm worried. Welcome, everyone, to Trailer Park Podcast. I am Nathan. He is Daniel. We are cousins. Tonight's show could possibly blow your mind. You have to be worried or you have to be excited. You have to choose a sign. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. My lesbian radar is very strong. I take back everything I said earlier about puzzle pieces and vision. You can go fuck yourself. Wish you could hear the sound of my jaw dropping. Are you listening? Are you fair enough as a person that we should have even ground? Right, sake. <sighs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Trailer Park Podcast. It never gets old, Daniel. It never gets old. No, what's that, Nathan? What never gets old exactly? The intro, the masterful intro that uh, we, well, yeah, yeah, quote unquote, we created. (laughs) Okay, well, let's, come on, let's explain ourselves here. I created the prototype and you created the polished version. Uh, Yeah, that's one way you could say it. You could say polished, you could use the word better, you could use the word superior. Um, They remix. Yeah. Remix? Is that what you just said? It's a remix that is, you know, slightly superior to the original. (laughs) Let's just just move on before I get upset and angry. Uh, Daniel, welcome. Welcome to uh, Sad Sack Studios presents a Trailer Park Podcast production of the 2016 Upfronts, the NBC edition. We had a lot of fun with this last year, Daniel. We did, including the title, which includes, count them, three colons. (laughs) Yeah, the the title has grown this year, and a few things have changed. Uh, Sad Sack Studios is now producing, so they have, uh, uh, well, they've they've patented the ratio system. Uh, the ratio system, everybody, is where you we basically we watch all of the new TV show trailers that are coming out this fall, and we have to decide what their bottom and what their top is. So basically, what the you know. Uh, what's what's the least amount of airtime they're going to get, and what's their ceiling for existence, right? Right. And now what? it sounds a little bit confusing, but it's actually very simple. We're just basically saying how much t- what is the what is the quickest they're going to be canceled, possibly, and what is the longest amount of time that they could possibly run. And before we get All based, into of course on how good or bad they are, right? And before we get into what happened last year, can you tell me, Daniel, just what is an upfront? Uh, uh, the upfronts, Nathan, <laughs> every time with this. What? The upfronts, Nathan, it's... Some people it's, don't uh, know. Some people don't know. Right. The upfronts are a television event in which the producers of shows for the big networks come out and parade around their new shows like the obedient little whores that they are, and advertisers show up filthy filthy men in trench coats waiting for the opportunity to throw open their lapels and expose themselves by offering money to these networks for advertising time so of course you want your show as a network in this case the nbc edition we're going to play the nbc role you want all your shows to be top notch so that those advertisers just jump all over you now as we can see from last year uh were any of the shows successful any of like the 50 that we covered (laughs) Well, that's kind of, you know, and that's something that to mention is that a lot of times the, you know, showrunners and the 
producers and executives of the network, they don't really they don't really expect all of these shows to have success. They throw a whole bunch of shit at the board and they hope that one of it one of them sticks, basically. Yeah. And, and so them- what we're what we take a look at, we're taking a look at 10, 10 upcoming NBC shows tonight and how many of those do you think are just filler nonsense? Um I'm going to say just based on my review of the trailers that I've watched before this episode, that I think that NBC has actually done better this year than they did last year. Um, one of the things that we do do is we like to try to establish who the network is. So when I say NBC to you, Daniel, do you think, what do you think? When you when I say NBC to you, you say... Right, and this is, this is becoming increasingly difficult <laughs> every year. Because we all, don't we all, anybody that's not 55 years old or above, don't, don't we all just have kind of forgotten about TV except for a handful of shows that we know are popular that happen to seep into the advertising slots on our Netflix? It's a good point. Like, like I, I am definitely not watching very much television. And if I am, it is definitely not network television. Although you know, there is, I'm not closed off to it. And that's what we're here to find out is if there's anything worth going back to. But as a personality and identity for NBC, I can only go with the wistful remains of a vague notion that I have in my head, which is that it's sort of trying to hit that meat market of the demographic. Didn't it used to have shows like 30 Rock? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going for the uh, alternative comedy, the elitist comedy, uh, young person, indie sort of vibe. I would say if anything, NBC would is desperately trying to be the like 25 to 40 person. Yeah, we're talking 30 Rock. We're talking, um, yeah, you want to go old school? Like Parks Parks and Rec, The Office, Quantum Leap, uh, Knight Rider. That's your NBC. The current NBC world? Well, then we're going to be talking about things like The Blacklist and Saturday Night Live and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That's it, who NBC it still is. It basically is. Yeah, and The Voice. It, the Voice is the big one. It's trying to follow the late 20s early 30s crowd into their like adulthood so you're getting your jimmy fallon's you're like you grew up with him on snl you remember him giggling through all the sketches and now he's your late night talk show host just like your parents used to watch uh carson or leno or letterman now we're watching with our fresh little babies our new little advertising brackets in held firmly in our arms and we're growing up with Fallon. I think NBC is still just going for that same bracket. They're just shifting up a little bit. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, I also would like to point out that The Tonight Show was given to Conan O'Brien, and they almost lost the viewership of The Tonight Show, and Jimmy Fallon saved their asses. Uh, I also read an article saying that uh, NBC Universal Chief says that NBC nabs 10% volume gain in prime time in TV upfront. And I got to suggest to you that that's probably the 10% that they lost last year. (laughs) (laughs) They're They're like, back in the middle. Okay, here we go. New year. That's what it's about. It's about all these networks on the ropes. They're trying to survive. They've got all this new uh, competition out there, like you said, like Netflix streaming is attacking them, and they're trying to survive, and yet these upfront things still happen. These these huge events where they whore themselves to advertisers, and it's a big fucking deal. These people, all the stars of the show come out and whore themselves. People, celebrities come and do presentations and bullshit. Like, it's... It's a huge deal. And why is it a huge deal? If if network TV is on the outs, why is it such a huge deal? Because you've got to keep up that facade. 
You have to. You can't just give in and crumble because then their only option is to just go uncensored, which is what everyone is fucking waiting for. But there is a significant portion of the population that enjoys like just wholesome, regular programming, and they'll take it within whatever extreme boundaries they the network televisions have identified themselves as having nowadays. But it's still the wholesome alternative to most things. And really, their only chance to me is if they go uncensored. But they're going to put on this shit show as long as they can. It's also because there is no advertising on those other mediums, for the most part. Netflix doesn't do advertising. So in terms of whoring yourself out to advertisers, Netflix isn't really a part of that conversation, are they? No, they don't have to be. They grew this massive, massive subscription service by just being an online blockbuster. And then once they had the audience, they just put out their own shows and they said, fuck you to every rating system because they're like, we don't care. There's 300 million people here. Somebody's watching it. Exactly. But the purpose of this is to find out what they hoard themselves with and how long we think it's going to last before it dies. Right? We're going to st- we're gonna shit all over this, right? Right. Right. And, you know, we also have and to... I am ready to shit. Okay, well, before we before we go any further, we do have to pay tribute. NBC has one of our favorite things, Daniel. They have the what? Chicago Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, yes. that That is one part of my favorite thing about NBC. Uh, the <laughs> extended Chicago Universe. And then also... Uh, boom, boom, boom. Chicago. Right? I think I was off on every single note of that, but you get the gist. Is that the peacock sound? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cue that yeah. up for me. Intern, intern, cue that up. Yeah, we're talking Chicago Fire. We're talking Chicago PD. We're talking Chicago Med. The Chicago is here's to uh, the Chicago's. We, can I make a prediction? Are we going to see tonight Chicago PI? <laughs> will there and, be? Will there be another Chicago entry into the Chicago Cinematic Universe? Stay tuned. And possibly Chicago, and then like in cursive, slightly tilted underneath it on the couch, and it's like just like an in treatment, a network television version of in treatment. Well, first things first, Daniel. Let's get down to business. And that is to go over last year's entries, what our ratios were that we chose, and what actually happened. Oh, my God. I was just going to ask you about this, but like off the recording, because I was wondering, are we going to do like a little catch-up episode? But I guess it makes sense to do each network before each network. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to be fast about it. The most challenging part of this, ladies and gentlemen, is probably going to get is probably going to be uh, reminding or getting Daniel to remember what the show was. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to be the most difficult part. It is. Yeah. Do you, did you bring the other 10 shows from last year for me to download and watch? No, I did not. I'm going to try <laughs> and get you to remember by being descriptive in very creative ways. Okay, well, I definitely remember the Chicago shit, so let's go. Okay. Daniel, the first trailer we watched last year on the 2015 edition uh, was Blind Spot. Do you remember what Blind Spot was about? Mm, something's tugging. A uh, girl wakes up in Times Square with tattoos all over her body. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. You remember that? Uh, yep. Both of us gave that show a 2-3. Okay. So, so to those of you who aren't familiar, a 2 means it, it'll have two seasons for sure. Yeah, at a, least. With a ceiling of three. We're saying that it'll get renewed for sure, but you know, by the third season or before the third season, they're going to say, you know what? Fuck this. Let's move on. Yep. And Blind Spot has been renewed for a, second, for a second season. Okay. So we are... We are going. I, I didn't even know that was a show that existed or was on television at all. And here it is getting a season two. But thank God we it, it lets us be within the prediction. That's correct. If it goes to four, we failed. Oh, uh, I also discussed this with Chelsea prior to this podcast. And uh, the person with the with the smaller ratio is the winner if you have to declare a tie break. So let's say you went 3-5 and I went 3-4 and it only lasted for four seasons. I win. Well, well, yeah, you would win... 
Okay, poor example. Like, yeah, okay, I, I get I get what you mean though. I get what you mean. Yeah, the smaller the gap in ratio wins out. Uh, do you remember a show called Heartbreaker? No. It's about that uh, girl who was in a, in in treatment, and she was uh, a surgeon, and she walked around with hoity-toity comments for sexism and. Oh God! Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, canceled. Two months. They renamed two it. Two months. Yeah, they renamed it Heartbeat instead of Heartbreaker, and it was on air for two months and canceled. Uh, both you and I both gave this a zero slash one. Wow. Ding ding Man. ding 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 ding. We are good so far. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Uh, the Player, starring Wesley Snipes. Do you remember that? Okay, yes. I do remember there being a Wesley yeah. Snipes show. Set in Vegas. It's about a guy that uh, was like an action hero, and he was funded by the house. And Wesley Snipes was like the house. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, we didn't even rate this. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it was it, NBC was our first ever episode. The ratio wasn't clearly defined until the CBS episode. So this one, we just we didn't even feel like rating it. We just kind of tossed it to the side and treated it like garbage the whole time and talked about Wesley Snipes and Gallo Walkers. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like us. Yeah, yeah. totally does. Cancelled. Nine episodes. It had an initial order of 13 episodes, and they cut it to nine and cancelled it. Cut it. Couldn't even let it finish out. Uh, hopefully there's a DVD season one out there somewhere that... Uh, people are talking. Do you remember that show? Nope. S- sitcom starring Mark Paul Gosselar from Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, we both gave it zero slash one. It was renamed Truth to be Told, and it was cancelled after ten episodes. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding. Wait, wait, wait. What was our rating? Zero slash one. Oh, man. Jesus, we're good. Okay. Yep. Um, what, what, what was that show even about? Uh, the Truth Be Told one? It was about a, a babysitter or something and him hitting on the babysitter in the trailer and baby babysitter uh. was like uber hot and it, it was just one of those hokey bullshit ones. It wasn't a big deal. Gross. And then we got Shades of Blue. Again, okay. not, not really cop show. Not not really any uh, ratios dropped here. This is the Jennifer Lopez cop show. Uh, Daniel <laughs> Daniel was mad about Jennifer Lopez and the synopsis and didn't think it deserved more than one season. I suggested that uh, she was guaranteed a second season before she even signed a contract, and it has been renewed, Daniel. Oh, man. That's you having like a little deeper knowledge in the whole area than me. That's right. And uh, NBC, those are the only trailers and shows we really dove into. I think uh, there was some other stuff like Neil Patrick Harris's fun time variety show that got axed pretty quick that we thought had more potential than it did. Uh, we talked about Chicago Cinematic Universe growing with Chicago Med, which was the last. <laughs> yeah. And that got renewed. And then the Coach show, the revisit of Coach that got uh, axed before it ever even happened. So. I mean, uh, last year, NBC was our first one. We were green. We weren't very familiar with the ratio system. We kind of stumbled into it. And, you know, tonight we are much more experienced, Daniel. Much more experienced. Yeah. And we have a lot more shows to look at this time. We do. And one of the things I like to do with these upfront episodes is I like to treat it as if we're following along with the upfront presentation. As best as I can do. And in this case, Daniel, they came out, NBC came out whoring themselves like un, like like no other year before. <laughs> NBC came out and put all of its shit in the same basket. They put all of their shows and all of their networks in the same basket so that the advertisers didn't have to go to too many events. They were doing them a favor. And they were, you know, streamlining everything because they're hip with the kids. And they're going to present everything by fan base. So that 
the advertisers can see through the eyes of the audience. Uh, you're disgusting me right now. <laughs> so, Daniel, let's talk about what you're going to think and how you're going to feel. And then they boasted 150 pieces of on-air talent in the hall, uh, leading into an applause line. It was uh, pretty, pretty slutty. Pretty slutty. Wow. I didn't actually know that Sci-Fi and USA were owned by NBC, but we're gonna I do it. Yeah, we're gonna do a trailer from both of those networks tonight, just for shits and giggles. And the only way to do justice to the NBC lineup, Daniel, would be to start with a show from the Chicago Cinematic Universe. Mm-mm-mm. The only way to do justice would be to do Chicago Justice. Oh, finally. Okay, this uh, how long do I have? Oh, Daniel, that's some good news. Sad Sack has removed your limitation. They don't want you to have anything holding you back. They want you to embrace as much of the show as you want or as little as you want. You have no chains, no collars. You can buzzer the trailer whenever you are done with it, sir. Oh, thank you, Sad Sack. All right, what's this first one we're taking a look at here? Chicago Justice. Chicago Justice. The state's, the state's attorney's dedicated team of prosecutors and investigators navigates heated city politics and controversy head-on while fearlessly pursuing justice. Oh, I can't wait for crossover episodes. Okay, Chicago Justice. Here we go. Devastating. He can't move or feel his legs. He's a paraplegic. That lady cop shot the wrong guy. You kept sight on him the whole time? Not when he ran at the corner. This is a clean shoot. I sure hope so. What was that about? That's the guy who sent him to prison. Boss needs an update. No gun. Shot in the back. Indict this kid and we get it wrong. This city's gonna explode. Please, we can't we did not find one witness who would say this kid was anything but an Eagle Scout. That's our gun. You ever had an innocent client, Shambhala? I've had hundreds who were not guilty. I can put him at the scene. I can put the gun in his hand. I still don't get why. I got something. Are you kidding me? Your uncle, whose life was ruined by a cop, killed himself. It was that cop's fault that he's dead. And you went down to the river to get revenge, didn't you? Don't. Okay. Thank you, Chicago Universe. That's exactly what I was expecting to see. <laughs> Where's the buzzer? Oh, shit. That's not proper etiquette. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Chicago Justice, the newest entry into the Chicago Cinematic Universe. It is exactly what you're expecting to see, but what does that mean for the ratio? The ratio? Ooh. Okay. Well, let, let's talk about it a little bit. Maybe we can uh, come to a consensus this isn't about you and i challenging each other it's about you and i challenging the establishment together but in this case with the chicago justice i don't know nathan what it do you know what do you know what this is definitely going to be this is definitely going to be a like real-time platform for making episodes about extremely tense like current events that are happening right now and they're going to turn them into drama and put them on here they're going to rip shit straight from the headlines, and it's going to try and go after that, like, brutal controversial element. And in it? I don't know. Maybe. Ha Nathan, have, have any Chicago Universe shows 
been canceled so far. No. No, they're all exist coexisting right now. Chicago Fire was first, police was second, or PD was second. Med was last year. Med is only one year in, and this will be the brand new Justice. I would like to point out that they have an opportunity here to do crossover episodes like no other show has ever done before. This, oh, yeah. Yeah, this Chicago universe, I mean, like you're saying, a current event happens. Okay, where did the story start? Did it start in the hospital, and it exploded into the legal side? Sure, then we'll start it in med, and we'll move it over to justice. Did it start in PD? Yeah, okay. Oh, it was an arson case? Okay, then it went to PD, then it went to justice. (laughs) You're exactly right. It's going to, like, the first episode is going to be a white cop shooting a black kid, and it's going to move through each piece of the cinematic universe one by one in this epic arc. Shit, they, they could be exploring a new way to do television. Well, let's not get too carried away. Oh, this the Chicago the Chicago verse is innovative, if nothing else, Nathan. And we've been saying that since the beginning. Well, just because yeah, but just because I started with justice doesn't mean that that's how the upfront started. I started with justice because I have a hard on for the Chicago Cinematic Universe, even though I've never even watched an episode of any of the shows. Exactly. That's why it's beautiful. <laughs> you don't want to meet your heroes, Nathan. And I just got to say that, uh, you know, if they don't start with this, then, you know, the crowd isn't cheering. Whenever I read these upfront presentations, I find it very amusing when, when all the advertisers get amused when the live blogs talk about, oh, the crowd really enjoyed that one. They were all cheering and smiling and laughing. Like, really? <laughs> what are you <laughs> What are you Okay, they're serving them alcohol. That's what's happening. Yeah, they're not paying attention. They're just like, I'm here for four days to get fucked up and cheat on my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe, depending on how high the executive is. Absolutely. I'm going to have to throw down first here, Daniel, because I don't think there's anywhere to go. I mean, the Chicago Cinematic Universe, I mean, what does being a member of the universe get you? I think it gets you a, a second season absolutely guaranteed, no no questions asked. I think that even if it's weak, it probably gets renewed for a third. And then you're talking, okay, if that's your floor, if three is your floor, then maybe five is your ceiling? Ooh, yeah, you're going, yeah, that's I'm, possible. I'm going to I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to say three, five, because I think it gets three just because it's a part of the universe. And then five is the max if it, you know, goes the distance. Like fire, I think it's already in its fourth or fifth. So maybe it's even higher. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, this is a, this is a tough one because if it, if it lands and it sticks even a little bit, they're going to keep this in the universe. And then it's just a matter of how, <clears throat> is there enough current events for them to, to steal from to keep the show going every year? And there probably will be. That said, We've seen other franchises like this that try to make their own universe, like the CSI universe. There is a point when too many is too many. You know, after what, like 13 seasons or 14, the original did get cut. And then they tried to do like CSI Cyber and that got cut. There's a point when too much is too much. And that was that, that, that one only got like one or two seasons, that Cyber one. Yeah. And NBC is a little bit too eager as well. The same things we were saying before about... How, you know, it's it's gaining 10%, but it's probably the 10% it lost last year. And that's because they, they, you know, they trolled out a bunch of bullshit last year and made asses of themselves. And, you know, maybe, maybe this is too much. Maybe you don't trot out a Chicago show every fucking year. Yeah, that's why it's tough, because this could be a one. But I think I'm with you. I think that because they're going to try it, they're trying, it seems like, seems like they have a long-term plan in mind they're trying to see how many globs they can just stick onto this fucking thing until it's too much 
I think it will get two. I think I'm with you. So, but then the possibility after that is endless. So I'm gonna go uh, two six. Mm, I like it. Two six. A, a wider berth. That's a chicken shit move, but we'll take it. It is. It's it's, it's playing it safe a little bit, but that's uh. It's it's not an American crime. One eight. All right. That's that's legendary. That's the stuff of legend. <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, trust me, we will. When the right trailer pops up, we'll know when to be definitive. Absolutely. Speaking of other trailers, Daniel, uh, in this upfront presentation, uh, blind spots Jamie Alexander. That's the chick that woke up in Times Square with all the tats on her. Also, the lady from Thor, the Lady Warrior, yeah. and Dennis Haysbert of Twenty Four Fame. Uh, they introduced clips of two new shows, uh, one from the Sci-Fi Network and one from NBC. There's a bit of a subplot to the upfronts this year, Daniel. Uh, there is three different time travel shows from three different networks. Time travel seems to be the hot topic, and that's what's next. We're going to watch a trailer for Timeless, and it is an unlikely trio traveling through time to battle unknown criminals in order to protect history as we know it. Do you think that they're going to do like a triple network crossover of time travel shows where they all cross each other in some void? No. Once you see all three trailers over the course of the upfront episodes this season, you will realize there is no way that they can ever communicate with each other. (laughs) Okay. What's it called again? This is called Timeless. Timeless. Here we go. Lucy Preston, Homeland Security. You need to come with me. You've got a hell of a reputation. History, anthropology, Master Sergeant Wyatt Logan, Delta Force. 3.30 p.m. May 6, 1937. Oh, you You're telling me that this guy actually went back in time, for real, to the Hindenburg. You were our best option. To do what? Go after him? I think someone who loved history would want to save it. Our prototype. She isn't fancy, but she works, usually. You need to go with them. I can't. I am black. There is literally no place in American history that'll be awesome for me. Lucy. Rufus. I'm a pilot. Kind of. Kind of? Have you been drinking? Didn't know I was gonna be working tonight, ma'am. Might wanna hold on. Wow. Have you seen this man? Yes, he was here. He's working as ground crew. Gonna help bring down the Hindenburg. I think Flynn is trying to rewrite history. It could change the present in ways we can't possibly predict. What is it about her? My wife died. So when I saw Kate, that's all I can think about. I know everything about you. Just ask them why they chose you. I'm not sure you realize where you are, boy. I hope you live long enough to see Michael Jordan dunk, Michael Jackson dance, Mike Tyson punch, really just any black guy named Michael. Because the future is not on your side. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Having having a struggle. Having a struggle (laughs) tonight. It's okay. It's the first upfront episode we're recording, so we'll forgive him. 
Daniel, timeless. One button I'm responsible for, Nathan. One button. Oh, timeless. I I was sort of in it for, I think, that long just because I was like, okay, what's the direction here? What's the bend? What's the bend? They got to go back in time because some other guy got went back in time. And they're chasing yeah, the, him. The, what's happening? Yeah, the guy broke into their facility and stole their time travel machine and went back in time to fuck with history. And this ragtag group, this unlikely trio has to use, you know, the the backup machine to chase him around through history and try to fix what he's doing uh one of the things you didn't get to in the trailer because you buzzered it um is be- is that there's also a weird uh subplot where you know the the guy that they're chasing confronts her and says you know this this journal is something that you wrote and there's like a complex web a paradox that's going to happen and you know there's going to be a subplot where she's possibly a part of uh something deeper in the time travel paradox of the whole storyline yeah that's yeah, that's interesting on paper. I just didn't really like what I was seeing. It was expected. Despite- yeah, and and I love that you canceled it during that one speech where he's like, I hope you see Michael Jordan or Michael Blah or Michael Blah or anybody named Michael is what he says after you buzzered him. <laughs> yeah, it's just like just setting up a relatively like what is actually the time that that was happening would have been like a, a real moment to experience dramatically. But in this setting, it just comes across as like sanctimonious and prepared. So I just uh, I don't know. It, it all looked kind of cheap. Honestly, for a second, I thought this might have been made by USA or sci-fi, despite them probably dumping tons of money into making this uh, like a random different period piece every episode so i don't know what do you think i'm gonna think i'm going uh one one two i'm gonna side with you i'm gonna say one two and i'm saying that because it's not rational to say one one point five i'm i'm also gonna say that anything that introduces a paradox in time travel once you've seen predestination there's nothing that's gonna surprise you yeah it's like i don't care what your paradox is i've seen predestination and nothing's going to blow my mind anymore, so I don't care. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you wrote that journal, and it has some sort of impact paradoxically on the future, and I don't care. Yeah, you don't care. You get It gets wishy-washy when you try and go after like big concepts like this. It's like if you make a movie about uh, you know, the, the answer to life. No one fucking knows. Not you or anybody, and anything that you try to make up on your own is going to seem trivial. So you just have to wash out at the end on some vague notion of love or something. And so what, like that's what that's what happens to shows like this. And what are we talking about? We're talking about a history expert, right? And we're talking about a Delta Force. I love I love they trot out Delta Force or Navy SEAL or Special Forces whenever they describe somebody. Yep. Um yeah, so we got our Delta Force, we got our history expert female lead and that's hot right now by the way female leads and yeah then, she's like oh she's the most badass historian there ever was and there's also the, uh what my brain instinctively and this is like culture and television has now programmed my brain to think this on its own like muscle memory i was like once i saw the female lead was white and one of the male leads was white i was like okay where's the not white person because it's definitely going to be a not white person right the token cultural entry uh the guy that it oh it'll be funny to make quips about being black throughout history yay and and you know what it probably is and i'm you know, I don't want to come across like I'm totally shitting on it because I think the show will have moments of entertainment. I just think that it's not going to be enough to make me want to watch an entire episode. Yeah, and and I'm going to side with the with the black character is that you know, unfortunately, he's right. Like for, for a black person, the idea of time travel is like, eh, yeah. does it go forward? 
<laughs> yeah, no, there's stand-up comedians that make jokes about that. Like, why the fuck would I want to go back in time? Exactly. Why are you? Why are you even involved? This is this is Marvel's agent of time travel. Yeah. So that's a one one two from us both. One two from us both. We are, we are coming out of the gate agreeing. Uh, next up, Daniel, we have a trailer called Incorporated. This is from the Sci-Fi Channel. This is a man attempts to thwart a giant corporation that seems to have unlimited power. I thought this was going to be Chicago, Inc. (laughs) Chicago Space Station. (laughs) Chicago Moon Landing. Okay, Incorporated. Here we go. Speak up. Committed to feeding our ever-growing world. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Two days ago, we buried 14 loyal men and women. Yesterday, we captured a bride. It's heartbreaking to watch someone bite the hand that feeds them. Spiga is a generous mother. It will feed you, dress you, protect you. In exchange, it only asks for hard work and loyalty. The alternative, well, we all know Mr. Peterson's fate. The good news for all you ambitious young men and women is that now we have an opening on the 40th floor. This opening is an opportunity, not just to serve this family, but to enjoy all the perks and privileges that come with a senior executive position. We'll soon start evaluating candidates. We live in troubled, uncertain times, so the vetting process will be extremely thorough and rigorous. Those who have nothing to hide have nothing to fear. Those who do should know we will not let another traitor slip through. Not again. Speak up. Committed to feeding our ever-growing world. Incorporated goes the distance. I think that goes means. The Do I still hit the buzzer? Well, that's a good question. Are you capable of hitting the buzzer? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, there it is. Oh, uh, nailed it. Daniel, how do you feel about uh, the show that doesn't even say its own title in the trailer? Yeah, well, it's definitely got one of those really straightforward uh, dystopic vibes to it, which. Uh, sci-fi channel loves yeah i have a question i'm not too familiar with the sci-fi channel and i didn't even know that nbc owned it until now but what's the point i ask myself if this is futuristic and science fiction-y if the premise doesn't like depend on that then is it just a show about corporate like, like all these all these guys in suits and this one-dimensional bitch that's given this speech like where, where does this go like wh- what a bunch of guys are going to try to c- compete for this executive position and one man is going to try to thwart the giant corporation from under uh, underground like i don't understand this trailer doesn't do a very good job of telling you what this show is going to be it just tries to hype up what it what it's you know i don't know it's it's like a it's like a christmas tree but the tree isn't there there's just garland and tinsel floating in the in the open space <laughs> 
Yeah, and in the and in the zeitgeist of like cultural propaganda, where does this fit in? Because it's like a woman who's in like the head authority of power, but then she's also like being really demeaning and kind of evil. Where how are we supposed to feel about this one? It doesn't explain much. You're right, but it's the Sci-Fi Channel, and the Sci-Fi Channel is definitely going to give this two seasons. Uh, it, they you know they get they just made the fourth Sharknado. If we need to put things into perspective, but. <laughs> After that, it gets tricky, like because they will axe the show pretty hard if they, you know, they give it a fair shot, and if it doesn't do it, they will just cut it. Like I think that's what happened to that one show. Was it Ca- Caprica or something that had a? That was a Battlestar Galactica spinoff. Okay, yeah, I think they gave that like two solid seasons, and then just said, "Nah, no one gives a shit." I find that their their concepts they they come up with a concept and then they drag it, and if yeah. if people can hang around for the dragging, then it gets more seasons and it gets more complex and it gets more interesting. But I, I don't have, I don't see the appeal in jumping aboard to just ride around on a, on a drag for a while. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so like the concept of here is cool. It's like super corporate future where everything is fucked up, except for these high rise buildings where everyone's cutthroat about everything. And some dude was a traitor and he's being held in a, a very, very soundproof like room. And then that's all that we know. So we know there's going to be lots of crazy shit and like lots of backstabbing and super hyped up future gossip killer American psycho kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. Sci-fi, they're going to do a lot of dragging out dropping a little morsel here and a little morsel there. Yeah, uh, I may check it out a couple of episodes, but they have a lazy way of of editing and with their shows and their movies that I, I find really hard to stomach sometimes. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to go, what we say? One, two? No, two, 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 what? 4,400 and shows like that got four, right? Let's go two, four. Daniel's going two, four. I'm going to be petty and I'm going to say, that the last couple shows that I recorded, there was one with Thomas Jane where I recorded a few episodes and it just spun around in a circle. It was set on some off like space station thing and there was weird different races and I just, he was a detective or something and I just, man, it just, it, it, it spewed out of the TV with things that should have been more interesting than they were and it just landed in front of me and just died. I can't do it. I'm, I'm angry at the time I lost recording sci-fi shows i'm gonna be petty i'm gonna be, i'm gonna say 0.5 slash one i'm gonna say they dump this early dump it early okay i if it, if it's awful i hope you're right well they're hiding how boring it is by giving you some sort of like artistic trailer and it's because they're it's because they're babies they're like 13 year olds that have badass ideas and then get in a room and like just can't put it together cohesively that's why they have great concepts of bad performance including cutting trailers for their own shit. I promise you that this like, is probably a little bit better than this trailer lets on because they're so bad at doing their own stuff. And they should call this show Spiga, not Incorporated. Um, yeah, that would. That would fit with their nonsense sci-fi animal creature shit. Spiga. <laughs> Daniel, I have to got to tell you that it's time to dip into the comedy lineup. And so far, there has been nothing impressing me about NBC this season. Will it change? Oh. Will it change? We've got Superstore's America Ferrera and The Good Place's Kristen Bell coming out to introduce clips of a few comedy shows. The first one is called The Good Place. The Good Place. Here we go. You, Eleanor Shellstrop, are dead. Cool. How did I die? Are you sure you want to hear? 
He was struck by a truck advertising an erectile dysfunction pill called Engorgulate. Funnily enough, the first EMT to arrive was an ex-boyfriend of yours. Okay, that's, I get it, thank you. You're okay, Eleanor. You're in the good place. You are here because you got innocent people off death row. You are my soulmate. Cool, bring it in, man. You'll stand by my side no matter what, right? Of course I will. I wasn't a lawyer. There's been a big mistake. I'm not supposed to be here. Wait, what? Are you sure this isn't you? They got my name right, but nothing else. Somebody royally forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. That's bullshit. Tell me one good thing that you did on Earth. Do you have a second to talk about the environment? Do you have a second to eat my farts? Oh. I can't risk going to the bad place. Okay, well, maybe it's not all that bad. We'll ask Janet. Hey, Janet. Hi there. How can I help you? What is the bad place like? I can only play you a brief audio clip of what is happening there right now. Well, it doesn't sound awesome. Hello. Can I just say, I love your house. It's just so teensy. Oh, hello. Oh, just a big, beautiful cartoon giraffe. Go. Cheers. Condescending bench. Okay. 30 glasses of wine and no hangover. This place rules. These people might be good, but are they really that much better than me? Did you fill your bra with shrimp? No. Yes. So who is right? Every religion guessed about 5%, except for Doug Forsett. One night he got high on mushrooms and got like 92% correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, this looks kind of funny. Uh, there's a really funny part at the end of the trailer where they talk about how nobody ever gets religion right. And the only guy that ever got close was on Mushrooms. And his name was Doug Forsett. And there's a there's a painting of him in the, on the wall. And, a, <laughs> and underneath his name, it says Calgary. Nice. <laughs> Closest guess. He was 95% right about religion. Flying on a mush trip. And nobody ever gets even close. Usually people are like 20% or something. <laughs> I can respect that for sure. Yeah, I mean, it looks... Uh, I was worried it was a little bit too kitschy at first. But Kristen Bell kind of won me over there. And I, yeah, I was enjoying that for a little while. But... The- um, the, the niche of this show is that she's not supposed to be in the good place. She's kind of a bitch, and she's in the good place. Uh, where do they take that? How long does that last for? Does that just recycle right. over and over? Like, it doesn't seem like there's a destination for this place to travel to. Here's what they're going to do. If, if it's if it goes two seasons, the first season is going to be her kind of trying to keep it a secret that she's not supposed to be there. And then it, the finale, of course, is going to build up to them finding out that they've made a mistake and she's not who she says she is. Second season starts, uh, premiere reveal is that the other woman with her name that they got confused with has been in the bad place and has also had the issue corrected. And now they're confronting each other. Ah, yes. See, because, yeah, the first season comes out, all the hype over the idea and the concept and the fun. And, oh, Kristen Bell's so funny. And this is great. She's trying to swear, but she can't. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Automatically renewed. Yes, second season. Second season is called The Bad Place. Yep. 
if they go to the bad place, this has unlimited potential because they could come up with more places. Maybe there's more than just the good place and bad place. Maybe there's other places that she can travel to, and this could just fucking go forever, right? Oh, Daniel, I'm uh, oh, four or five. Four or five? Fuck it. Four or five. Ooh. Wow, that is a that is a bold move. This is a DVD box set motherfucker, motherforker. It, it is. They can explore a lot of like weird, tripped out religious elements and interpret it in their own ways. And the catch of them being in the good place and like literally cannot curse. That's uh, a great way of getting around the unnatural way people talk on network television, and then having the extra fun of finding interesting ways to not curse like i did laugh legitimately when she was like oh yeah can you eat my farts and like throws trash in that guy's face <laughs> but uh i don't know about four or five man it's brutal there's a de- there's definitely a chance that people just might not be on board of this because it's kind of strange i'm not f- i'm not forking around i'm laying it down I- okay no but that's giving it a lot why are you making me a show unsure of my own i thought we were gonna be close i'm trying to be bold this year Okay, I'm not trying to be if, if it's crap, I'm going to call it what it is and I'm going to go really low. And if it's good or if there's any potential whatsoever, I'm going to say to you, what else does NBC have? What are they what are they clinging to that this doesn't get renewed multiple times? Uh, you're right. You're right. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go two, three. OK, playing it safe. That's fine. Let's move on. That's not safe. That's tight. OK, whatever you say. Four or five. That's not. It's not safe, but you know, it, it, I mean, that's tight too. Like we're both making nice, nice tight predictions here. Don't try to get me to compliment your ratios. Okay, it's not going to happen. Uh, trailer number five is a show called Great News. We got some great <gasps> news. Great news. It's, is it about? Uh, well, it's, it's from Tina Fey. She's now become apparently a producer of shows instead of a starer in shows. Uh, this is a New Jersey mom puts her relationship with her daughter to the test when she lands an internship at her workplace. God. Okay. Great news. Here we go. Hey, Mom. Hi. What are you doing here? Oh, no. Did Dad finally run off because of how you treat him? No. He's in the car. I cracked a window. He's fine. Listen, I'm going back to school. That's great. The admissions lady said I could get credit for an internship. Oh, good for you, Mom. So I'm getting one here. What? What? No, no. Why? Help. Hi. I'm the executive producer. Oh, hello. He's not that tiny. Good interview. You're hired. What? I love this man. You should date him. They used to have work as an escape, but now there's like no boundaries. Hey, pumpkin, why don't you just leave it home with her? That's what I always say. She's just going to be on top of me every single day. You must be Justin. Oh, hi. I think he smells fine. Katie, honey. Hey, pumpkin. Oh, Justin, everything sucks. This problem will solve itself. No interns ever last more than a couple weeks. Lower my chair. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. My ex-wife has that sweater. You're fired. Where's my snack? Oh, God. Who screwed this up? Who's the intern? Calm down. You're a graying old man. You're throwing a tantrum about a snack. Go to your office. Oh, all right. That's right. I'll make you a bowl of popcorn, okay? Work is hard enough without you there, okay? And everybody there thinks that I suck. Oh, you do not suck. You are a good little journalist. I'm happy you made it as far as you did. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I could even I even knew that as soon as I saw him walk out throwing his tantrums, I was like, uh, Nathan definitely wanted me to see this part. Um, <laughs> well, there has yeah, to be a that, reason why she's allowed to stay there, right? 
So if the on-air talent, if, if she's the only reason why he's kept in check, then that's the reason why she's allowed to stay on as an intern and how it will help them bond over their humorous, jokey joke, laughy laugh. Oh my God, this mother is obnoxious and she's always in her face, but she's always so lovable too. <laughs> yes, because yeah, that, that, that part there at the end was the saving grace of that trailer because I... I can start to hear it, man. I can start to hear it on these upfront episodes. I hear the bile rising in your throat. <laughs> just like, yeah, okay. No, this is garbage, and that's garbage, and this over here is garbage too, and I can't find... What is going on? Nathan, what is happening here? Yeah, I was like, Tina Fey produced this? I was like, oh, the way she reacted when her mom was like, I'm going to intern here, and she was like, oh, what, what, help me? I was like, oh, God, this is going to be so bad. And then it kind of was, I was even, I was ready to buzzer it right when she, the mom was like hugging the guy and cracking jokes and just being generally like, I'm the obnoxious mom. Okay, so we both agree that we like the actor that's the on-air talent, right? He's from a lot of the Christopher Guest movies, and he was awesome, awesome in the breakup, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I forget his line with that musical thing at the at, at the dinner. And get down, and go, and Vince, and your turn, and go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't remember yeah. what he says, but it's like that. It's like, and it's your turn, and go, and drums, and beat it. Um, They're a little like barbershop improv group yeah the barbershop improv group yeah it was a fucking awesome scene in the breakup but our i think our starting point here is is one right because it's tina fey and nbc has a relationship with tina fey so automatically this this runs the full season for sure but does tina fey get an automatic renewal just because i don't think so are we saying one two uh uh yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two sounds about right, yeah. She definitely gets one because she's Tina Fey. Two, maybe if there's some, like, middling attention paid to it. But where does this go after two seasons? Like, does the mom start to date someone on the show? Like, who cares? I'm comfortable with one, too, because we're giving Tina Fey the one for sure, which means if they cancel it before one, I think we see Tina Fey produce show on a different network next up front. <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. Fantastic. Let's move on. Um, the next one I think is kind of interesting. Uh, it's called Trial and Error. It is a spoof of crime documentaries. It's like a mockumentary TV show, like documentary style, about an arrest and trial of a beloved poetry professor from a from a small town in South Carolina who is accused of brutally murdering his wife. Wow. Okay. I think I have to see this to understand. Yeah. It's got John Lithgow as the poetry pr- professor. Nice. Love me some Lithgow. What's it called again? Trial and Error. Trial and Error. Here we go. Larry Henderson, a local poetry professor, was arrested today for the brutal murder of his wife, Margaret. I didn't do it. I I wouldn't hurt a thing. Uh, Please, watch my dog. He's all I have left. (laughs) Oh, what's your name, little fella? I'm super excited to be here. A murder trial is a great opportunity for me. Apparently, they're sending a car for me. I'm Josh Siegel. I'll be representing you pre-trial. How you holding up? My cellmate is a serial rapist. That said, he keeps an immaculate bunk and is gluten-free, so he gives me all his pastries. We're next door to a taxidermist? Even better. What is that noise? It sounds like a saw cutting through bone. 
You get used to it. I, I don't even hear it anymore. The victim was killed by going through a plate glass window. We need to come up with a plausible story based on the Suicide. evidence. Suicide! That was my first thought too, but I tested the theory. They found another body. A dead one? Oh. We recovered these photos taken from a surveillance camera in the gym. He's my trainer. That was a leg day. Easily explainable. That's a bit harder to explain. It goes a distance primarily because it is one minute and 22 seconds. Daniel, how do you feel about trial and error? <laughs> That's not my feelings. That's just, I just had to do it for closure. That's fine. Um, yeah, I was actually, I was feeling the vibe, the whole mockumentary court trial thing, but they're infusing it with real time events as well and trying to add some drama in there. It's a little bit, uh, watching it, it all comes across very fluid and simple. It's describing it that's kind of that I'm <laughs> finding it difficult to do. Uh, Lithgow looks funny, or Lithgow, and then I like the main guy. Yeah, I don't know. Are you offended by this? I'm kind of digging it. I'm digging it too. The documentary style has had a lot of success, uh, specifically on NBC. So The Office and Parks and Rec have done quite well, and those are both documentary styles. This feels more like Christopher Guest mockumentary than it does Office or Parks and Rec, so I think this maybe wears on people after a certain point. Do you do you recognize the lawyer? Uh, Yeah, I, he looked familiar. Yeah. Do you know where he's from? Where? He's the young kid that called out Matthew Broderick in election. Like, Mr. McAllister, you threw two votes away i counted oh. them all i counted them all twice tracy won mr m he's that little fucker that ruined everything for matthew broderick in that movie <laughs> um but he's he's i don't know I, I like that guy i think he's gonna do well there in that role and i think lithgow is the strong pillar that'll keep it together and i think if they're if they're witty and charming enough i'm gonna give this at least two and I'm going to say a ceiling of three because I think it maybe wears on people in a way that Parks and Rec and The Office was never designed to do. So I'm going to go two, three. Two, three. That, that's a good move. I'm actually going to blow this one out a little bit because I think, because even though you're right, this is done in the same sort of fashion as The Office and Parks and Rec, but it feels different. Maybe because they're, they're like on the go. They're traveling and they're like in the courtroom and they're in the hotels and they're like all over the place. And it has, it seems it has more of like a traveling vibe to it um how long can this storyline play out do the does next season a new case it yeah it must be that that's a part of it too for me is that you know he murdered he's accused of murdering his wife so they have to bring that to resolution at some point why i mean i you know they'll bend it however they bend it but if they if they come to a resolution then the show's gotta you know twist into a new case like you're saying or like you know that's why i don't want to go too long because I think this this show will struggle once it gets past a certain point of of, of premise. Like it's gonna, I, I I don't see a bad place exit for this. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only thing that I'm leaning back and forth on is whether or not it's a new case every season, and it gives like some celebrity or a big actor a chance to come and do like one season sort of guest spot. Oh, maybe or, he travels. Oh, yeah, maybe he travels to a new place. Maybe it's focused around him, and they dump Lithgow, and they go, oh, there you go. There's your bad place twist. There it is. So if it, if it does that, then it, that's that's a good, or that's been a, that's a proof, or a successful, uh, successfully proven 
formula, like with American Horror Story, where each season is a new storyline. Some of the actors stay, other ones are shuffled out. That's making me regret my 2-3 a little bit, because what you're suggesting is that this could take the uh, Office Parks and Rec style documentary show and push this into like an American Horror Story reinvents itself every season kind of situation. And if he does travel around and they do have success with that, this could be fucking endless. It could be, yeah. I was leaning more towards like a 2-5. Okay. All right. Well, that's a chicken shit ratio, but okay, I'll record it. It's If it gets over that sophomore hump of that second season, it's a chance that it could just like you go. I, I, I could be even underselling it, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to go 2-5. What you what you brought up suggests a wide ratio. So I'm going to let it pass. I'm not going to judge you too harshly for it. I'm just going to try to, you know, point out that my ratios are tight and we're going to try to move beyond. Okay. Now you don't have to buzzer me. You have to buzzer the trailer. I felt like that was that was petty. That was a little petty. Petty, says okay. the man who's exalting himself in his own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. We're steering. We're steering back into drama. I'm going to be interested to see how long this trailer lasts. Daniel, this is uh, a show that they're touting. Uh, It kind of, I think it's from the same guy that made Parenthood and it kind of feels a little bit like Parenthood. And it's, it's about a bunch of different people who all have the same birthday, I think. And they're, uh, this one's chock full of drama. You're just going to love it. It's called, This Is Us. This is us. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready. Suits on? Yes, ma'am. Your birthday suit. Only one I've got. (laughs) How could you possibly want me right now? In any state my life, you arouse me. I bet I can make that go away. There's nothing you can save. My water just broke. Yep. Yeah. today. You don't look 36. This is the biggest moment of your life. Now, which one are you just pregnant? I'm sorry, guys. I need a cut. Kevin, I know you care about the character. I do care about the Say the line or find another job. I found him. My father. I get it. Uh, 40, 40 something seconds. Uh, this is us. I'm going to assume that you don't give a flying fuck, but what is the ratio? No, if I wasn't so like stumbly and re- retarded, I would have cut it after he was like, I'm 36 today, <laughs> but it took me a little while. <laughs> like, yeah. really? Who gives a shit about it? I'm 36 and I'm in the best shape of my life. I've got horrors spilling out of my pockets what what are you depressed about (laughs) what's your problem buddy (laughs) yeah there's a bunch of deep drama here going on uh different storylines the overweight person the new father um yeah the 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 guy that's you know finding his long lost father oh i i don't know i think that this is like trying too hard to capture something that it's going to reach out and try to grab and and totally miss i don't care i really don't care i'm gonna have to say this sadly does not make it a full season oh wow you going you going 0.5 i'm going zero slash one because i don't know where it's gonna get canceled in the first season i just think that it's too soon you can't end parenthood 
and then just start up a new one and hope that it has the same success. It just, it's not going to, it's just not going. I, I, uh, I, I think there's too much content out there. It's got to, you know, Parenthood had major pillars backing it. It was one family. It had Craig T. Nelson and, um, oh, man, Beverly D'Angelo, I think, from Die Hard as, as the matriarch and patriarch. And then it cascaded down into these other great actors. And it was it was it was really set up to have this nice, solid connection between all the characters so the ensemble didn't have to spread across too many storylines and feel so disconnected shows like this have to ride and die on their connection between all the characters and this is going to feel separated all the time because of all these different storylines and you're going to be asked to divide your attention between you know the, the the new father and the and the blah 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 and the and the fuck off it's not going to make it it's too convoluted zero slash one yeah i'm gonna go right along with you on zero slash one yeah this, this is like the iphone like the pretty dumbed down iphone version of like a life drama uh, here's our uh, fat shaming storyline here's our racial storyline here's our aging storyline here's our uh a lost loved one storyline. It's so like children's book, like with the th- with the thick cardboard pages. But honestly, for half of that trailer, and we only watched forty seconds, for half of it, I was uh, uh, hypnotized by how she managed to pull just one of the post-it notes off that cake and not the other one, so that the joke could like work. Because she just snatched that thing. Mm-hmm. Post-it notes are like barely be able to stick to anything you, you sometimes you grab one you take the whole stack with you because like, <laughs> how the fuck did you get just the one off so that the one underneath could be like really really fatty did you just tear off the first post-it <laughs> yeah it's too staged it's too convoluted you know what's weird though is that when i first watched this trailer i watched the whole thing and i got a little bit affected by the trailer and then now i get on the podcast and i'm like fuck this shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got i'm here to like level it out because you can you can get swayed if they just like show a bunch of people not smiling and put some soft music behind it your body just reacts it's like oh should i be sad about something <laughs> yeah yeah i feel manipulated i feel awful i sit down in my chair in front of my microphone with my blood with my cousin and we just we we cut through it man we just we see the truth instantly that's why people always listen to us always in the millions yeah in the in the millions um the next one is the show from the USA Network. This one is a very interesting concept, Daniel. I'm going to let the trailer do the talking. This one is called Falling Water. Falling Water. Here we go. We all dream. And when we dream... We think our dreams belong to us, and us alone. What if we're wrong? What if a person could walk out of their dream and into yours? Do you ever get the feeling your dreams are trying to tell you something? What's your name? Help me, and I will help you find your son. I believe what happens in our dreams shapes our waking lives. Imagine absolute connectivity. Cerebral cortex to cerebral cortex. Just pure communication. If you can invade a person's dreams, you can bend them to your will. I found hooked into something. 
So much bigger than we should ever know. There's a battle going on. A fight for the control of our dreams. And if you can control people's dreams, you can control the world. Man, send the police to this location. In falling water goes the distance. Uh, minute 34, so. Not that long of a trailer, and it's, you know, it's one of those where you gotta kind of hang with it for a while to make sure you are understanding everything. And I think it maybe goes the distance also because the whole time you're like, what the fuck is going on? Is this, yeah. I mean, it's it's about dreams. You get that right away. But then you spend the rest of the trailer trying to decide how far into the Inception world this show is trying to go. And it is trying to go pretty deep, I think. This, this show almost looks like it takes place almost entirely inside of dreams for the most part. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. it seems to spend a lot of time in there, which made me wonder, am I going to fatigue on this Inception shit? Constantly wondering if it's real or not real or what loopy absurd thing is going to happen next can i give you some uh, synopsis to shed light on what where they may be going with it sure it revolves around three strangers who realizing who realize they are dreaming separate parts of the same dream that has big implications for each of their lives each of them is on a mysterious and highly personal quest one is searching for his missing girlfriend, one is searching for a lost child, and one is looking to cure his catatonic mother. And it is the clues found in their collective dream that come to guide them. The deeper they dig, though, the more they come to realize that their missions touch on stakes that are much larger than their individual agendas, and that the visions found in their common dream just might hold the key to the fate of the world. <sighs> yeah, I checked out halfway through that explanation. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of um the, the concept of dreams has a lot of potential i think and this show does look like it's trying really hard to hit a home run into that genre i don't feel like it's reaching the fence no it's not it's got it's going it's trying to go real big and this is usa and i don't mr robot I know Mr. Robot's on USA. That's got it some attention or a lot of attention lately. They trotted out Christian Slater and Remy Malik out onto the stage at this upfront. It's true. I forget Trying, that Mr. Robot's there because until that show. Yeah, that's the only thing that USA has that really flexed its that, muscles, right? And even then, it's kind of a fight club ripoff. So. Yeah, and it's kind of, but that was the only one that sort of spilled over into other places because USA has had lots of successful shows. They've had Burn Notice went on for like eight fucking seasons or something. But shows are of like a very particular quality. They're B. They're B shows. They're fun. They have fun shows. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to slam USA, but they're B shows. Then they're that quality and they always have been. Mr. Robot, I feel like even though I've seen, I think, 90% or something in the first season, uh, while it is a really good show and definitely above par in comparison to the rest of their stable, it still has a little bit of that feeling on it. Just a little bit. So is this also... And then with this grandiose idea, can they pull it off? What I'm guessing is going to happen is there's going to be a lot, a lot of regular mundane ass drama between all the cool moments you're there to watch. I'm totally on board with that. There's something off about it. And that's probably what it is that there's, I mean, like you're saying, there, there's a B-movie slight, like 
for every great show, there is a great casting director and a great writer and a great director. And a lot of pieces have to fall in place for something to really hit the mark. And I feel like when you when you look at something and you see, okay, the main actress seems strong. Uh, the guy that is the knowledgeable one that's putting them into the dream state seems weak. And there's, you know, yeah, like these these segments of of dream state and are they gonna is the budget enough to take that where it needs to go like there's too many questions and you just you gotta wonder like okay because it's usa it gets two maybe i don't know i'm actually gonna pull it back i'm gonna say one two because this is a a large scope idea and if it doesn't hit are they gonna commit the finances necessary to take it where it could go or are they just gonna see it as a waste of money and bail yeah if, if NBC you know bleeds some money into it yeah you're right it could go too uh because it's so big and they and they're gonna put so much money into it does that then alter the way they behave like if they're just making some random ass sitcom that doesn't cost them very much money and it tanks they'll pull it after like four episodes because they don't give a shit. Something like this that they put some money into, will they let this ride itself out? I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna lay down a ratio I've never laid down before. I'm going to do a 0.52. 0.52. That, that's a good, that is a good ratio for this show. <laughs> uh, ratio envy. It, it was. It's a oh, bold move. That's well, a good, I was just going to oh, give it a bland old one too. That's a sick, that's a good ratio. Fuck. Damn it. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you I'll let you have your moment. I'll go one, two, right. although I'm like peeking over. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's move on. Let's stop for a minute and let's talk about a few things that I couldn't get trailers for. Uh, there is a show, a re-envisioning of the Wizard of Oz, a modern reimagining that there is no trailer for on the internet. I have looked painstakingly. It is called Emerald City. There is fucking character posters for every goddamn character with colors in the background. This motherfucker was at Comic-Con, but there is no trailer. And it launches in September. What the fuck, Daniel? Vincent D'Onofrio plays the wizard. What's going on? Why are they hiding the trailer? Why Why every time I, pick, I click on a play button, it says NBC has pulled the trailer for copyright issues. Oh, uh-oh. They're like, oh, we got to rework this thing quick. Something's wrong with it. I don't know what it is, but there's something going on. And maybe they're just trying to pull it so that they can have more dramatic impact because they believe in the show and it and it could be a big, huge deal. And it could be. They've got these character posters, these color backgrounds, the Wicked Witch of the West, the Vincent D'Onofrio Wizard, the Dorothy. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I read the synopsis earlier tonight and... It kind of, uh, it says, in the blink of a tornado's eye, 20-year-old Dorothy Gale and her canine police dog are transported to another world, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm lost in it. Why can't you just make up a new fantasy world? It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. It's all the branding, right? They want to take Wizard of Oz and modernize it and turn it into something that they can rebrand and execute a bunch of bullshit off of. I know they played a trailer at the upfront. I I know that they've blocked that trailer from being able to be viewed. And uh, there's some also some interesting things. The new coaches on NBC's The Voice are going to be Miley Cyrus and Alicia Keys. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is taking over the Celebrity Apprentice. I knew that. I had that one I'd heard about. And then we have our next trailer, which is an insurance company that deals with the destruction left by DC superheroes. And it is called Powerless. Powerless. Here we go. 
sorry to interrupt. Could you put us back on the tracks? My shift at Orange Julia starts at 9. And she's gone. Folks with powers, it's their world. We just live in it. She stood up to Crimson Fox. I'm so proud of you. What was it like being so close to one of them? I... Taxi, right? My name is Emily Locke. I'm a claims adjuster for a very special kind of insurance company. Since the damage was caused by Wonder Woman, should we deny us an act of God? Technically, she's a demigod, so it's kind of a gray area. I like helping to change people's lives for the better. And then, this happened. Meet Del Heller, your new claims supervisor. He's the son of the CEO. I want a 25% increase in denials by the end of the month. You can't do that. What you're proposing is wrong, and I won't be a part of it. Okay. No more Bagel Wednesday. Uh -huh, huh? Talk to me, Daniel. I... Talk to me. How offended were you to see certain people in this trailer? Yeah, there's a lot of people in this trailer that I like. Alan like Tudyk, I... Danny Ainge, right? Yeah, especially the guy that plays... Tucker from Tucker and Dale. Um, Vanessa I, Vanessa Hudgens, she's one of your favorites, right? Kate Micucci's in there. But here's 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 where I'm torn, Nathan. Is that I respect DC Comics for allowing people to play around with the tone and mood of their properties. Like I like that they do that. That they give people the freedom to do that. I just wish the people that got the freedom to do that did it better. <laughs> this show looks bad. Like when she's trying to do her ironing or her laundry and there's explosions going on outside because of some superhero fight and she just like rolls her eyes and then it kicks in with that sitcom music like, oh, she's trying to get her life together. And you're like, oh god. Who watches this? Who's gonna watch this? I mean, I like certain actors in it but man they must feel dirty when they get up in the morning and go to this set that i bet you they're like man let's film the pilot they'll pay me and it'll never it, it won't last and i'll just get to move on to my next thing they're probably scheduling something when they're supposed to be on set for powerless they probably already have something on their schedule yeah this looks uh i i don't know i'm gonna say zero zero point five wow okay i'm gonna go point five point five oh yeah, actually you're right <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't even get it out of my mouth my brain was like, this thing's getting canceled before it starts. Yeah, this is a uh, no. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll take the I'll take the other half of that bracket. Point five one. <laughs> Get it out of my mouth. Awesome. Okay. Well, there's no other way to end the trailers tonight, Daniel, than to uh, than to talk spinoff. We started with Chicago Cinematic Universe spinning off into Justice. Another Chicago Universe entry. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no, that, oh, why are you building it up like that, that you son of a bitch? That would have been awesome. Uh, this is no, this is the beginning of a new spinoff, uh, possibly an endless spinoff world or a universe of its own. We're talking about the Blacklist Redemption. Oh God, the Blacklist colon Redemption. Here we go. Whatever you think you know about Tom Keene, forget it. The man is an extremely talented covert operative. Here's how it's going to play out. I'll take Tiny Tim out first because he's the biggest threat. Then Russian guy goes for his gun. But I'm betting that he shoots one of you instead of me. And that would leave me and you. Who the hell are you? <laughs> you ever take one of those jobs just to pay the rent and you find out that you're... you're good at it. Susan Hargrave's a brilliant strategist. 
Hargraves people do the work the Bureau can't. I'm impressed. Like I care. We've handled cases that are legally questionable yet. Morally justifiable. I don't know if I should be thrilled or terrified. Maybe it should be a little fun. We could do incredible things together. Begging for mercy, oh! A new team to track down criminals. Criminals tracking down criminals. That's the blacklist thing, isn't it? Yeah, I don't I don't think I understand enough about blacklist to know what's happening or what's inspiring this spin-off. Well, the black I mean, James Spader was number one on the top ten most wanted, and he walks in, throws up his hands, and then ends up helping the agencies of the world track down the members of his blacklist, the people that wronged him while he was a criminal, right? And I'm sure throughout the course of the Blacklist television show, they came across number seven and number 18. And then those two people now hook up to form a new team that tracks down criminals themselves. And it's the same concept being run by different people like Famke Jansen is the pillar of the next show. And this guy we've never heard of or seen before is the action star of that thing. Yeah, no, that. That, that helps me out a lot because for a significant portion of this trailer, I had this confused with that Kevin Bacon show. Oh, yeah. No, th- I, that's fine. You should. <laughs> what was it, like the following or something? Yeah, and, it feels very and, much like that. So I thought this was like a prequel to that show where they were going back to like the dude that's the cult leader, that's the murderer or whatever, that it was showing his like younger life. And then all of a sudden it was like Mod Squad shit. And I was like, oh, wow, he had a really interesting early life. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, then it was back to James Spader, and I was like, oh, wait, wait a second. No, no, this is the other one. Mm-hmm. But what do you give a Blacklist spinoff? Uh, it's, how, it's... How, what season is the Blacklist in? Three? It's <sighs> a good question. Keep talking, and I'll tell you. If Blacklist is into three or four, that's, I guess it's spinoff time. It's a little bold, but people do like bad guys catching bad guys that seems to be the theme of this year with suicide squad and this and any other variation of getting the bad boy to help out the good guys um entering into I, season four first episode of season four airs on september 22nd and that's yeah all the episodes are are titled the name of the person and the number that they are on his blacklist yeah and people definitely watch it my dad's one of those people he gets all proud of his little folders that he has on his dvr he's like eh, i got all four seasons in there but uh a sp- Spinoff. Spinoff is risky too because if the spinoff tanks, it kind of like puts a little bit of a soot mark on the original. Uh, well, I don't know. What do you think, Nathan? One, one, four. <laughs> Tom Keen was the episode. Um, was one of the episodes in season two that aired on March nineteenth. 2015 did they just pluck the two episodes that had the most popular male and female and put them together maybe i am trying to see if she was an episode by herself it doesn't look like she was it looks like they're bringing her in separate i don't see an episode with her name and her number so this is this is the tom keen character spinning off and then including a new um pillar character to keep him in control, right? Because the agency keeps Spader in line, so you need a new agency, or in this case, a group of espionage, or um, I'm not sure what the right word is. Um, like she's she's she delivers her own brand of justice, right? She's got her own secretive agency that out- operates outside of the law, so she she becomes the agency side of it. Is right, he, she's a vigilante, right? Is is he enough of a draw? 
to make this go anywhere because it's james spader that makes the blacklist work so are they gonna like include him from time to time as like a consultant maybe maybe they have to that's what i mean this thing this thing either tanks or they drag it out as long as they can and throw every gimmick that spills over from the original show that's why i say one or four i i don't know enough about the blacklist to make a better prediction than that i'm gonna get on your horse because i like that because that's what this is this is a if it works it goes the distance and if it doesn't then it dies early and they don't try to spin it off ever again so they don't yeah. talk about it <laughs> they, they never talk about redemption shh, shh, shh. don't talk about redemption. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go one four as well and then <sighs> quick, quickly before we end the uh, the first 2016 upfront episode daniel i gotta throw a few at you that don't have trailers as we do these could be mid-season replacements and in some cases they're just shows that don't have trailers uh, how about a a show that follows Henry Winkler, William Shatner, Terry Bradshaw, and George Foreman in like an idiot abroad style fish out of water comedy reality show that follows them around traveling across Asia on their own without any schedule or itinerary? Oh, Jesus Christ. They're all going to die. <laughs> Same concept as Idiot Abroad, just William Shatner and George Foreman and Terry yeah, Bradshaw and Henry Winkler. Weird group, right? That is a very weird group. A Winkler, I know, because you know, is he's he still hops around in different like alternative comedy shows and Adult Swim and shit. So he's he's still doing stuff, and he's like up to date with the modern comedy wit and stylings. But is Foreman? okay is he one of the punch drunk ones or is he okay i think he's still got his his head on straight i think shatner's a bit of a prima donna so and he's also very old they're gonna make like an 80 year old man go walk around in asia yeah the only help they get comes from a comedian they got a comedian named jeff die who's a tech savvy comedian with an agenda of his own who isn't above leading the men off track this uh i i don't know I don't know. The editing is going to play a huge role. It's going to be interesting. If, if it, but honestly, though, all it would have to be for me is just Chatner just complaining and being above everything <laughs> the whole time. If that's it, I could watch that forever. Yeah, you're probably more interested in this than anything else you've seen tonight. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, it's called Better Late Than Never. And it starts pretty quick, I think. It actually starts in August, I think. So saddle up. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's also a show called Midnight Texas. Uh, it's Twin Peaks meets True Blood in Midnight Texas, a remote town where your neighbor could be a vampire, a witch, a werewolf, or even an angel. Just, oh, man. Just, Didn't it just be Twin Peaks in Texas? Just push the buzzer. That'd be cool. How about... <laughs> yeah, there you go. How about a, a comedy called... Marlin. About a goofy swordfish? No, a loving but immature father with a larger-than-life personality is committed to co-parenting his two kids with his very together ex-wife. But for Marlin, family really always does come first, even if he's the biggest kid of all. That's Marlin Wayans. Oh, man. In a show called Marlin. Ah? Okay, you don't like that one? How about Taken? Uh, Wait, Taken the show? Yeah. Taken the show about Brian Mills as he deals with a personal tragedy that shakes his world as he's a younger version, hungrier, how he develops his particular set of skills. Huh? So the old, uh, what is, what is Liam Neeson? Is he Irish? Welsh? Irish. Scottish? Okay, Irish. Like an Irish Jason Bourne? Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, whatever. Um... I don't. I don't know that Taken has the brand to carry this the way that yeah. 
they would want it to. I don't hit it out. People loved the first one, and then it had kind of a set of Matrix like uh, sequels. The box office would probably disagree with you, but I agree that people like me watched the first Taken and had no interest in two or three. So there's going to be a contingent of people out there that don't even like even in our latest uh, TPP episode with with Jason Bourne, where I said Jason Bourne versus Brian Mills. And everybody on the podcast said, who? Yeah, because nobody knows who Brian Mills is. So I don't, you know. Oh, it's Liam Neeson in Taken. I think they need to, you know, there's there's things like Emerald City where you take an obvious brand and try to modernize it and rebirth it. And there's things like Taken, which isn't a brand. So quit trying to make it a brand. And just like when they try to make that transporter show. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, that's a perfect comparison for this. Thank you. Exactly. And then finally, Daniel, the wall. Okay. Packed with drama and action. This is a game that the entire family can root for together. Executive producer LeBron James presents a challenge infused with the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, where regular people can achieve their dreams with one bounce of the ball. Hosted by comedian Chris Hardwick and set in a large, glossy arena centering on the colossal 40-foot wall. The gameplay involves quick thinking, shrewd strategy, and a little luck. Played by contestant pairs, this is an unpredictable journey with giant swings of fortune and millions of dollars passing through the contestants' hands throughout the hour. A game show with a gigantic wall. Hosted by Chris Hardwick and produced by LeBron James. How do you feel about it? I was wildly unsure until you said Chris Hardwick. Right? Great game show host. He'll, yeah, he's a great game show host. He'll give it every opportunity to, to succeed. But and, and when you look at the picture on the website, on the NBC website, the wall looks appealing. I just, they're not really telling you what the game show is. So I think we just need to watch an episode or two to find out what the fuck the wall is and how it works. And we'll be able to say more after that, right? Yeah, and I think I will check it out because... I'm I'm ready for it to turn back into like a big spectacle sort of thing. For a while there, we were getting lots of shows like Minute to Win It, mm-hmm. where Guy Fieri just stared at you while you bounced ping pong balls into cups. Like it was fucking, it got really weird there for a while with game shows. There was one where there was, it was called like Cut It Out or something. And it was just this wall, like a eight foot by eight foot wall that moved towards you on a track. And it had a weird shape cut out of it. And you had to like get your body to match the shape or the wall pushed you into a pool of water. That was a fucking show, Nathan. <laughs> you know, and say what you will about Wipeout, but at least that was a big spectacle. Kind of sad to see it go, even though it was just like a fucking thing where you watched people get back sprains. I love how they say executive producer LeBron James. Like Le- like Chris Hardwick hung out with LeBron James one night and LeBron James <laughs> said, hey, why don't we make a show about a big fucking wall? Yeah, and this and that and this and that. Okay, great. You can be executive producer. Chris, you do everything. <laughs> Yeah, you do everything like you always do, and uh, uh, yeah, and like, just just fucking riff on people the whole time. Yeah, I I guarantee you that LeBron James isn't that involved in this, and who cares? He's a fucking basketball player. What does it matter if he's an executive producer of a show? He has zero experience being a producer of anything. Yeah, that was him. That was like his, his accountant giving him a call, being like, "Hey, you want in on the show?" And he was just like, had to stop kissing two different hookers and be like, "What? Uh, yeah, whatever," and then hung up. <laughs> yeah, and then to close out tonight, there's a little. Little joke that they made at this upfront. This is the first time NBC and Telemundo are here for one upfront, and based on the presidential election, maybe the last. 
it will be hard to hear each other over Trump wall. <laughs> no, it's the good thing about uh, love and money. You can come right, come right on in and make a show, Telemundo. <laughs> but overall, I got to say, some of the shows actually look like they could be all right, like The Good Place and Trial and Error. I don't think that we walked away from the NBC 2015s with any kind of hope for any of it. It was kind of depressing, actually. So no, Our walk away was something we invented, which was the Chicago universe. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. Yeah, everything else was forgettable. And I'm actually looking forward to watching Arnold Schwarzenegger do The Celebrity Apprentice. I'm going to watch that traffic accident. Absolutely. You, you better bet your balls that because Trump owns, you're fired, that Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to say, you're terminated. <laughs> Please let it happen. Please let it happen. And please come and join us next time for Sad Sack Studios Presents, a Trailer Park Podcast production of the 2016 Upfronts, the CBS edition. Oof, can't wait. Your father's network. <laughs> your father's right. You know, the, show, the, the shows that your parents watch, the procedurals. You've yeah. heard that word before. Every single Upfront presentation, Daniel. NBC, ABC, and Fox, they all made cracks about how old the CBS viewership was. All of them. <laughs> all of them made jokes in the live blogs about how old CBS is. So it's not just your father's network. It's the old person network. Yeah, and the, and and they're foolish for laughing because my dad watches everything on those on that network, and so does my mom, and so does everyone's parents. They're stealing it. They have no competition in the arena. Yeah, you need to get into the old game and quit trying to compete with each other over the young demographic because the young demographic doesn't sit down and watch your shit. They've got what Daniel said, their Netflix queue, and they got their YouTube videos from fucking rooster teeth and bullshit that nobody even knows exists that's an executive in that world. So Yeah, you mentioned Chicago Med. People go, what? You say stranger things, they lose their mind. <laughs> exactly. And you might lose your mind if you go to trailerparkpodcast.com and check out everything that we have to offer there and sadsackstudios.com and look at the mega feed because there's tons of shit going on. Become a part of the cool million. Send us an email, trailerparkpodcast at gmail.com. Follow Daniel at 100lunatics or at sadsackstudios. Follow me at tparkpodcast. And I got to think we're out. That will do it. Bing, boom, boom. Bing, boom.